0: Hello and welcome to Tea and Chat, the British English podcast that you can listen to anytime and anywhere. Hello listeners, today it is the first episode of Real Reviews. This is the episode of the month where I talk about whatever I have watched, listened to, read, And just give some of my opinions on it. Today, we are going to be looking at movies specifically. So, the movies that I have seen over the past month or so. And so, we're going to be talking about dragons and Leonardo DiCaprio and what it's like to live in a TV show and a little bear who's everyone's childhood friend. (laughs) Now, before I forget, I must give you your reminder to get a nice hot drink. And I have got myself a lovely cup of tea. This time I have chosen a green tea with jasmine petals, I believe. But if you're not a tea drinker, then perhaps just go ahead and get yourself nice and cozy or a nice hot drink and let's get started. So I want to begin with my favorite movie that I watched recently. And I think that's a bit unusual. Normally people like to give you some suspense and leave the best till last, but I don't feel like doing that and I don't want to do that to you guys. So I'm just going to start with my favorite one and that is How to Train Your Dragon 3. I was so excited in the lead up to the release of this movie because I really enjoyed the first and the second How to Train Your Dragon movies. And they are cartoon movies, probably aimed at children, but that's not going to stop me. I mean, I'm a huge Disney lover also, um, so any kind of cartoon movie, I will definitely give it a shot and try and watch it and see if I like it. For How to Train Your Dragon though, it's not a Disney movie, it's a DreamWorks movie. DreamWorks have made movies like How to Train Your Dragon, Shrek, which if you haven't watched Shrek, it's a classic classic movie I really recommend it to you and the Madagascar movies just to name a few. So when I heard about the release of the third How to Train Your Dragon movie I was so excited because I really did enjoy the first two and they're really funny and really heart-wrenching. Sometimes you know cartoons they leave it a little bit light-hearted because they are aimed at children but I also find on the other hand that a lot of the times They do have like a deeper meaning and also I think there are messages aimed at adults because they know of course the children can't go to the cinema by themselves. Of course they will be going with their parents so you have to make it a little bit entertaining for the adults also or at least keep them into consideration. But with How to Train Your Dragon I really don't feel like this is um, only aimed at kids. I think that people of all ages can watch this and enjoy this. Of course it is a trilogy so if you want to watch the newest one I'd probably recommend and suggest for you to watch the first two. I think that's normally how it goes whenever you want to watch a trilogy. It's a good idea to watch the first few movies and not just start on the newest and latest one. So as I said I was really excited to go and watch the movie and when I went to the cinema actually they had these little plastic cups with uh, the dragon on top and the child within me just said, yes, I need one of those cups. And so of course I got one of these little how to train your dragon cups. They totally, they totally got me. Normally I try to avoid that area of the cinema. I don't really care to uh, buy popcorn or sweets or anything there, some drinks, because I don't know how it is in your country but in England and Canada, normally the food in the cinema is really, really, really overpriced. So I try to avoid it when possible. But yeah, they, they got me with the cup, I have to be honest. It was it was quite cute. So moving on to the actual movie. I don't want to spoil anything when I'm doing these reviews. So I'm just gonna give you little snippets of what to expect. Um of course if you've seen the first two then you probably have an idea perhaps Of what might happen or you can already start to think and predict what might happen. Let's just say that this movie was really touching. Because How to Train Your Dragon movies usually have quite a strong focus on the family in the movie. So already you have that element um, of family and the love of your family. But also we have another side in this movie which is some romantic love. Which I think you can expect, Um, it's quite common to find eventually there would be some romance in these movies because there hasn't been so much in the previous ones. But this one, this one there's quite a lot of romance in a few different cases and you may have already seen the trailer then you will know that yes there is going to be a white fury dragon in this movie and she is absolutely beautiful. So she is like the female version of Toothless who I find absolutely adorable. Like whenever I see his cute little face and he smiles without his teeth, it's really, really, really cute. And I think it's quite unusual to say that a dragon looks cute, but he definitely does it perfectly. And that reminds me also that I saw a YouTube video featuring Kit Harrison, who is an actor in Game of Thrones who plays Jon Snow. And in this YouTube video, he was pretending to read some lines. So like to audition or act out with Toothless the dragon. So they used some CGI to make this possible. And I really recommend you guys to watch that video because it's so funny and so cute at the same time. Um, I love Toothless and I love Kit Harrison. So seeing them both together was really cool. So aside from the romantic elements of this movie, there are also some really, really beautiful scenes where they go inside some caves. And I've spoken to other people and other people also said that, yeah, that was like one of their favorite moments of this movie because it just looks so surreal. And of course it's a fantasy. So it really kind of envelops everything that you would expect from a fantasy movie. And they just do it so beautifully. These caves in the movie, they are absolutely stunning. The caves are filled with all these magical, wondrous colours that you would never expect because I don't believe that we have this in real life. But just to see it and think, wow, they look so magical, so beautiful. And they're flying through these caves. But there were many moments that left me with my jaw dropping And by the end of the movie, I have to be honest, I was just like in tears because I was like, oh my god, this is so cute and this is so adorable. But not only that, but it really is quite a touching movie in more ways than one. So for this reason, I'm giving this movie a pretty high ranking. I'm going to give it a 9 out of 10. And so moving on to the second movie that I want to talk about today. Actually, it's going to be four movies in total. But this second movie is a movie from 1998 featuring Leonardo DiCaprio. So if you're a big Leonardo DiCaprio fan, then you might already be able to work out what movie I'm talking about. And the movie is The Man in the Iron Mask. Now, I kind of watched this not out of choice. Somebody else put on this movie, and I thought, okay, you know, why not? Of course, I'm here, I'm going to watch the movie. I love Leonardo DiCaprio also, so I was quite excited. But it is one of his earlier films, and he looks like such a baby in the film. Um, Very similar, you know, to how he looks in Romeo and Juliet because they were filmed around a similar time. So it's quite strange and unusual to see him looking so young. And if you compare it to how he looks today, I mean, I'm not saying he's an old man, but of course I think this happens when you kind of look back on things that you used to watch as a kid and then you see the actors today and you're like, wow. And maybe you feel slightly old or something because you just didn't expect them to have aged so much. Now the man in the iron mask is supposedly set in France And it's supposed to be loosely based on a historical event, but I'm not a historian and I don't know much about this event to be sure. So it was the first time for me to learn anything about it. And especially, I mean, I think in terms of history, my history is not good. I absolutely love geography, but when it comes to history, yeah, I'm not so good, especially French history, like I, I definitely don't know anything about French history. So I can't tell you how accurate it is to the actual historical record, but I doubt that there is um, many accuracies. There's probably lots of inaccuracies. Now, this is an American film, and it like I said, it's supposed to be loosely based on a historical event that occurred in the 1600s. So this movie is set in 1662. But the first thing that I noticed was the terrible, terrible French accents. Now, that's not me saying that French accents are bad. I'm saying that the actors in this movie did a really poor imitation of a French accent. Like, it just sounded to me really really fake. At no point was anyone actually speaking French and it sounded as if the actors took like a day to perfect their French accents and clearly you can't learn an accent in a day. That is definitely near impossible. I mean maybe some people have uh, that, that skill I know there are people who can just so easily imitate accents without really trying but my gosh I was so shocked by the terrible French accents. So that was kind of painful for me um, because of course the whole movie they kind of try to go into this French accent but often they kind of fall back on their original American accents. However putting that to one side let's talk about what was actually in the movie. Well, it was set in a time when there were kings and queens. So, the main character, Leonardo DiCaprio, he plays a king. So, we see a lot of what we would expect to be royalty at that time, what it was like to live as a royal in this age. So, everything is quite grand, quite elegant. He has his nice palace, and everybody is dressed very fancy in these lovely outfits. And even the men look so handsome in their outfits that you wouldn't wear today. I think when we look back and we think, wow, that looks pretty cool. But I don't think anyone would really want to wear that today. (laughs) We did actually at one point see a man wearing one of these beautiful gowns or dresses that the woman was supposed to wear. And that was definitely quite interesting. I feel like this is kind of giving you a glimpse into the humorous aspect of the film because there were moments that were quite funny or at least supposed to be funny. I'm not sure if I found it particularly amusing and perhaps some of the jokes that they used were considered more funny around that time, let's say in 1998 when they made the movie. But I'm wondering today if our generation would actually find this as amusing. For example, there was another scene that was quite, quite humorous, I have to be honest, um, but quite sadistic at the same time, where one of the musketeers, which I forgot to mention, there are musketeers in this movie. So one of the musketeers wanted to kill himself and he tried to hang himself in a barn. Now, I understand already this does not sound funny at all, but his friends knew that he was in this mindset, so they purposefully made it so that the beam which he would tie his rope to would collapse. So they'd already sawed the beam to make it weak, so that when he did eventually try to hang himself, the whole entire barn collapsed on top of him. And I forgot to mention that he was also naked. That's that's an important detail, I think, that I should have mentioned also. So as you can imagine, it was quite funny that this whole barn is collapsed and this man walks out of it very angry and he's just stark naked. But... Again, it's it's kind of one of those difficult things. I think today we take depression a lot more seriously. So I don't know if this kind of comedy element would be allowed in a movie filmed today. And actually, I'm going to come back to this subject on the last movie I will talk about. Um, because I have another example of this. Aside from that, I don't have much else to say about this movie. There was also a masquerade ball, which mimics his original role in Romeo and Juliet, where there was also a masquerade ball in that film. But I just want to touch upon my favourite quote from the movie, and that is, I wear the mask... It does not wear me. So to give you context, the man in the iron mask, there is, of course, a character in this movie who does have to wear this iron mask. And he says this, I wear the mask. It does not wear me. So on to the third movie I want to talk about. It is also a movie that was filmed in 1998 and it features Jim as the main character so again maybe if you're a Jim Carrey fan you might already know what film I'm talking about. Normally I'm not so interested in him as an actor, he's definitely at the bottom of my list when it comes to actors so I was a little bit apprehensive to watch this film but actually a student recommended it to me which I forgot to mention. A lot of the times, students recommend movies and tv shows to me and I make sure to add it to a list that I have so I always try to get back to them and watch them when I have some free time. So this was one of those movies and it is called The Truman Show. You might have heard of it before. I'm pretty sure I heard of it but I didn't know what it was. I didn't even know that it was a movie so I was quite intrigued already just by This realization and then I watched the trailer and I I figured hey this this is something that I'm definitely interested in so the Truman show is centered around one character who is called Truman and essentially his whole life is a lie because his whole life is a tv show he is the main character of this tv show he's living in a fake town going to work at a fake place, living in a fake house. But he doesn't realize this. Even his wife and his friends are fake because it's supposed to be a TV show. And of course, he doesn't know this. So he just goes about living his life like it's normal. And because it's a TV show, there's a lot of advertising in this movie. So everyone is trying to sell him products, not necessarily to him, but to the audience who are watching this film. So often, for example, his wife holds up a tin of coffee and she's like, this is the best coffee. I absolutely love this. And he's looking at her like, are you crazy? Why are you talking to me like this? But actually she's addressing the audience because she's trying to advertise this product. So eventually, because all these strange things start happening to him, the TV set kind of starts breaking and falling apart so he realizes something is strange something is up which means something strange is going on so he thinks perhaps that he's going crazy and i don't want to spoil it for you but perhaps you can already imagine how this tv show unravels and honestly i think that it's really 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 relevant to today with kind of the lack of privacy that people have and Also, to social media, because we become so invested in others' lives to the point where it can, of course, cause some kind of harm. So, a really cool quote from this movie is when Truman asks the director of the TV show, Was nothing real? And this is, of course, at the end. And he says, You were real. That's what made you so good a watch. People are so fascinated with others' lives and I guess it's the way that it has been for a very long time, but it's quite sad. However, I think this movie is really before its time. And what I mean by that is if it's before its time, I feel like it would be really relevant to today if this movie was released. I think a lot of people could relate to this now. In terms of social media and it's a topic that I find really interesting Um, of course you might see many news articles talking about this and discussing this and really just to think about how eventually privacy probably won't even exist like to be honest that's what I'm thinking because the way that it's going currently it seems like uh, we're losing more and more of our privacy and that's just Something that we are expected to be okay with and to deal with and to put up with it. So, from that perspective, it was really interesting to watch this film and I highly recommend it. So, I give it an 8 out of 10. Oh, and I forgot to say that Man in the Iron Mask, as you could probably tell, I didn't really enjoy it. So, I'm going to give that a 3 out of 10. So the last movie on my list for this month is Christopher Robin. Now this one was released last year so it's a bit more recent and it's all about Winnie the Pooh. So Winnie the Pooh and Christopher Robin have grown up to the point where Christopher Robin is now a fully grown adult with a wife and kids and Winnie the Pooh looks a little worse for wear. In fact they made all the characters in this movie look like really old-fashioned teddy bears and I can kind of see the reason for that because Winnie the Pooh is actually a pretty old story in itself but also the whole film was set in London around the time of the war I believe just after the war had passed and back then you wouldn't really find the toys that you would get in the stores today or find in Hamleys in London, for example. The teddy bears were quite standard looking and perhaps today we would find them looking quite tatty. But nevertheless, I'm sure many people found this trait to make them more adorable. So a few things that stood out to me from the movie is, first of all, when Winnie the Pooh sung his up-down song, which I find absolutely adorable. And I'll try and insert a clip of it here. When I up, down, touch the ground, it puts me in the mood. Up, down, touch the ground, in the mood for food. And I should add that I absolutely loved Winnie the Pooh as a child. I had it on VHS, so on video, and I used to watch it when I was little. However, when I did see the trailer for this movie, I wasn't really that interested. And Winnie the Pooh is definitely one of those stories that I think personally doesn't really have adults in mind, and is just purely uh, focused on the children. But I did try to pay attention to this movie to see if they did pull out anything that might address the adults in the audience. And there were a few things, for example, like I said, Christopher Robin, he's a grown man and he is working in a luggage company making suitcases and he is very overworked and he is extremely worried about his work. It's all that he is focusing on. And I think many adults can perhaps relate to this, that there are times in their lives when they are working so hard perhaps they get quite stressed or to the point where they are completely burnt out. I've definitely come close to experiencing this recently because I absolutely love working at the moment and I'm working like from the moment I wake up to the moment I go to bed. But I do make sure to be careful not to experience this burnout by, for example, still making time for my family, my friends, to take small breaks away to do other things that I enjoy because I do really enjoy my work but it's still good to have some down time some relaxation time and a really cute scene I found was that when Winnie the Pooh was absolutely obsessed with his red balloon it made him so happy and I thought that was really cute because it's important for us to remember that the simple things in life can usually bring the most joy and the most happiness and this is something that I really believe in and I think it's really important because people get so wrapped up in the idea of having the latest technology, the latest pair of shoes, to have the latest fashion and then forget the simple things. So for example if we're talking about gifts, I think it's really beautiful to give gifts that are Handmaids, or at least were selected with that person in mind. So the fact that he was really excited about this red balloon I thought was really nice and I really like balloons too so why not? Balloons make me just as happy as he was but in the movie Christopher Robin did not understand this. He was like what's so interesting about a balloon? It's just a balloon. Actually around this time they were in a train station in London. And there was actually an old steam train, which looked very similar to the Hogwarts Express that is in Harry Potter. I think probably all steam trains look similar, but it's definitely quite nice to look at to see what some of the first trains used to look like. And in England, you can still go and ride on these steam trains. I'm not sure if they leave from London, but there's definitely places in the countryside that still have them. Because people really enjoy their experience, which I think is fair enough. It's lovely to see what we have achieved over such a short period of time. Once again, you're going to have to excuse me while I take a sip of my tea. It is quite lovely. If you drank tea while watching this podcast, send me a message and let me know what tea you are drinking. Maybe give me some recommendations. I know green tea is quite healthy for you, so I do try to drink that. But I won't start talking about tea too much because... We had a whole episode about that last time. So other things that I want to pull out from this movie were that there were lots of British black cabs in central London, which are quite iconic in the same way that we have the London red double-decker bus. But believe it or not, Londoners rarely use black cabs, I feel like, because they have extortionate prices, really, really high prices, And I know tourists still like to use them because they're kind of like an attraction. And I can understand that it might be quite a fun experience. But to me, it's just like any regular taxi. There are times, of course, when we do use them or they might be the only option. But in London, we have such good public transport that it's quite unusual to use a taxi to get around. I also want to talk about Accent again. Throughout the movie, most of the characters are using received pronunciation, which I would say it's quite old-fashioned and in some ways out of date because I don't hear people use received pronunciation too often. But it is quite nice and I would kind of associate it with the time. Around that time in wartime, we would expect uh, the majority of English people to speak this way. For example, if you've ever heard... Winston Churchill, who was our Prime Minister at that time, given a speech over the radio. You could probably find a clip on YouTube also. He has this very strong British accent that I think it's quite close to received pronunciation. But not only accent, also language. There was a point when the wife said, you gave us a fright. And this is just kind of hilarious to hear because we never use this word today. Like, you gave us a fright. It's very old English, you know. Today we would just say you scared me or you made me jump out of my skin. But it's quite useful to keep in mind that if you ever come across some new language and you're not sure whether it's something that we use today or or it's a little bit outdated now, actually when you search in Google for the words in English and you see the definition, if you click the arrow to show more, it will give you a little graph which demonstrates how that word has been used over a period of time. So you can see if it was more commonly used uh, 50 years ago or 100 years ago, or if it's more commonly used today. So that can be quite helpful. And I really recommend that to my students so that you're not left with a lot of language that perhaps it's quite fun to learn some unusual words from time to time. But honestly, natives might look at you strangely or not even understand what you are saying. There was a scene where the boss also said, it's Codswallop, which I find really, really funny. Again, we don't use it so much today, but it's a very British expression. And it's one that I do quite like, however. And it's just another way to say that's nonsense. It's quite informal but you can just say that's a load of codswallop, like that's rubbish, that's nonsense and I find this quite funny, but it's also a really British expression. And going back to what I said earlier about the comedy in Depression, Eeyore, the character Eeyore, is kind of the epitome of this. This is essentially his character. He's very depressed, quite honestly, he's very sad and gloomy, And he just kind of goes around all the time complaining about everything and how his life sucks. But people find this funny, like it's kind of got a comedic element to it. And I know a lot of people really love Eeyore and I do too, I think he's such an adorable character. But watching it now as an adult, I can see that it's kind of sad in other ways because It's not funny to laugh at someone with depression. There's absolutely nothing funny about that. But at the time when Winnie the Pooh was originally written and the original films were released, I don't think people really took that into consideration as much as it would be taken into consideration today. So although he's such a cute, funny character, I have to be honest, while he was just complaining at life, I didn't laugh too much because I thought well that's that's quite sad. I know a lot of people who suffer with depression so I don't think that's something that we should necessarily make fun of. But overall it was a pretty good movie. I did enjoy it. Um, It definitely wasn't one of my favorites however so I'm going to rate it a 6 out of 10. I think Winnie the Pooh is such a classic story and they could have done a lot more with this movie in my opinion. I think there were too many stereotypes and also I think to some extent they almost oversimplified it and there were a lot of stereotypes and things that really kind of took the interest out of it for me personally and they also repeated the quote over and over again where Christopher Robin says to Winnie the Pooh, silly old bear and this is a classic quote from Winnie the Pooh but it was definitely overused in this movie. But, you know, perhaps for small children, this is what they like. They like repetitions. I haven't asked any kids if they like it. Maybe, maybe with them, it's more popular. But for me, I'm going to give it a 6 out of 10. So that's it for today's episode of Real Reviews. Today, I just looked at four different movies that I watched recently. But next episode, I'd love to talk a bit more about some of the books I've been reading recently And also analysing some of the quotes that I found really powerful or really stood out to me from those books. So one month from today's episode on the third week of the Friday for May, you can expect the next episode for real reviews. So if you think you would be interested in listening to that, then I'd love if you would tune in with me and also take part on my Instagram. So I have an Instagram for this podcast. It's at Podcast you can send me a message and let me know what you think of the podcast. I absolutely love to receive your feedback as always. And remember, if you want to get more involved with this podcast, you can do so at patreon.com forward slash British English. And you can also find the link for that on my Instagram, where you can vote on the topic for next week, which is going to be the news story of the month. So that's all from me today. I hope you enjoy your weekends and I hope you will tune in again next week. Goodbye.